Hello. Hi. Hi, baby. Oh, I'm too busy living so far. Busy living so far. Busy living so far. Okay, we're on episode 158. Oh, I can't believe it's already been a week. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of these days, isn't it? I have no idea what day it is. I don't know. I just know it's episode 158. What day is today? It's today is Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday again. I felt like it was just Saturday the other day. Yeah, I know. It's all just one blur. Oh, you know, this morning was the first morning that I actually had anxiety over this whole thing. And I'm not quite sure why. Okay, tell us more. Well, I don't know. I I feel like I'm I'm worried about my father um, being older and not... um, My dad kind of thinks he's a little invincible, but... um, I just, I just worry because he still wants to go to work because, you know, we all want to get out of our house, but I just don't think it's a good idea. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm feeling a little unnerved and I haven't up to this point. Um, maybe because it's just sinking in that really every day it isn't getting better. Um, you know, and not knowing what, whether school's going to open again, which I doubt it will. Um, it's just, it's just unnerving. And, and, and I was thinking before, just a little while ago, just, you know, with the whole, with, with not drinking. And again, I, I'm not, I haven't gone there yet in my head to want to drink, but just how, how hard it is for people that, you know, maybe trying to quit or, or new in recovery. I mean, not even just new. I mean, any, anybody, but it's just, it's hard. It's a hard time. And it's, you are very isolated and, you know, there's boredom, there's tension, all the things that, that made me drink um, are presenting itself now in a different way, of course, but just those, those feelings, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But the crazy thing for me, this is what's been working for me. Mm-hmm. For one, I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. Neither do I. At all. I never watch the news. That's number one. Number two, I barely even read any news that's going on. I mean, people are like, I actually just talked to an old friend today, and she was like, well, the statistics in Pennsylvania are this, and the statistics in Florida are this. And I'm kind of like, well, I have no idea what the statistics are. Because I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a chemist. I'm not going to figure out the way to cure this. I know the only part that I can do my, myself is say, and like stop the curve, right? Like, so my family is really isolated, like you just said. We don't go out. I mean, Kent, my oldest, just went, had to go to the store because he forgot something and they're having a bake off today they're breaking mm-hmm. up ribs today. And, um, so they had to go, to, he had to go to the grocery store, but you should have seen him. He had a long sleeve shirt on long sleeve pants, a mask on glasses, um, gloves on. And when he got home, he rinsed off and he just took a shower. And, um, so we're really trying to do our part not to spread it. If God forbid any of us are just carriers, cause that's the scary part. It's, it's, we don't know, you know, it's there, but we can't see it. 
And it's kind of just like alcoholism. It's like the booze when you walk into a bar or you walk into a restaurant and it's sitting there and you know, damn, if I have any of that, I'm allergic and I'm going to break up, you know, as we sometimes laugh and we joke, we break out in handcuffs, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and (laughs) I'm like, so it's always being aware. So I'm always aware anyway about my alcoholism. I feel like, and it doesn't give me anxiety. In fact, it gives me peace of mind knowing that I, what's out there and what is my part in doing, like what is my part in making sure that it's not going to get worse or I'm going to get more unhealthy. So the, what I do is I stay in the house. And then I live, I feel like because I get up really early, I'm up at like 6 a.m., I'm in bed by 10 and sleep by 10.30. So, you know, I'm... I, it's not like there's a ton of time in the day, right? So I find myself busy just doing stuff. I need a point. I paint. I talk to old friends. You know, I do all that sort of thing. And I think you have some really good news because you're going to be really busy starting tomorrow, I think, now, aren't you? No. And, and, I, and that was another little time reason I got anxious because, uh, and I'm very excited. I'm getting a puppy tomorrow. Um, She's getting a puppy! What kind of a, a, Boris. A, a pug, Boris. Um, and so, you know, my, I put mine down to uh, about a month and a half ago. Um, and how so old was he? He was Tell 18. Everybody. So, you know, he was with me a long time. And I really thought, <laughs> excuse me, that, um, you know, just being single and having the kids half the time that, you know, I, I just, I got worried that I didn't want to have that commitment again because it's a lot, as you know. Um, and I know that I did it for 18 years and, and there is some freedom when you find yourself the following day after I put Oscar down, you know, thinking I can go anywhere, do anything. I don't have, I'm not tied to the house. I don't have to get home by a certain hour. And there is, it is something really nice about that. And I really, I loved it for a month and a half and I just I'm ready to have a little animal in the house again I mean I do have a rabbit and two guinea pigs but but I don't want to say a real pet that diminishes them but just you know a dog and um so the kids are thrilled um but you know just get nervous I went to the uh, the pet I'm, I'm nervous because of the time you know I know that you know, I, I was trying to foster a, a dog during this time thinking, well, maybe that will tie me over for a while um, in not getting a dog. But every every rescue group that I reached out to um, turned me down because they don't have a scent. And I just can't get over it. I mean, I don't want to go off on that, but um it's just so discouraging that these animals that, you know, they're overcrowded in these shelters. People are, you know, getting rid of their dogs, surrounding them. And a lot of people are fostering and, and uh, adopting dogs now or buying dogs. But um, I really wanted to go that route, but you know, I, I just, I, I couldn't. So I am going against kind of what I believe in and what I always preach about about adopting and I'm, you know, getting a dog from a breeder. Um, and so there, um, you know, so it's just, but I went to the pet store today and to try to get really everything. I, I didn't have anything. I don't have toys and a bed and kind of a crate and all that. 
But it was just so weird being at the the pet store because they would only let two people in at a time. I couldn't shop for anything. So they, they go, they shop for you. So you stand at the register. And of course my list was, you know, about 10 to 12 things that I needed. And she would bring out the beds and she'd show me this color and that color. And, you know, it was, it was an ordeal just because I couldn't go in the back. And, um, it's just a shame, you know, I couldn't bring the kids and they wanted to go because they wanted to pick out the toys and, you know, it's just, you just got to get used to it. This is the new norm for right now. And it's just, and it's hard. It it just feels weird. But I also, on the flip side of that, know that, um, you know, that we are doing the right thing. And I did want a dog. It's not impulsive. Um, it's not because we're bored. But I, I think that the silver lining is that the kids are going to have you know, a month or so, or if longer, into the summer, to really bond with the dog and, and train them. And, you know, so that's the good side. Um, but it's just, it's, it's just the, the, it's just strange right now to look around, to be out and about. Um, and I'm trying to do exactly what you said you're doing. Uh, you know, um, I only go out if I have to go out. I mean, there's nowhere to go anyway. So what is it? Re- you know, I went to the bank this morning um, there was one teller, um, you know, and it's just, it's just different as I'm sure everybody knows. Well, and the other thing that I've been doing is for those that know, cause I know that some of the my, our listeners have been on, I have a zoom meeting that I, I it's a 12 step meeting that I have host every morning at 8 AM. So I start my day like with, uh, you know, getting my medicine, my 12-step medicine. And it has been, today there were 35 people on it. And there are people all over from all over the world. I mean, there are from people from Australia. There's people from London. There's people going from in, in, deeper in England, um, not London, but to Hampshire or whatever. It's, um, and um, so I go to my 12-step meeting in the morning and I love it. And it's a great way to start my day. And I talk to other people that have the same disease as I do. And it's just been awesome. I mean, it was weird today because I signed on and we have to get a password now because, you know, unfortunately, I guess there's people out in the world that like to hack these meetings and go and do to profanity and all the rest of it. But I have to say being with like acknowledging my alcoholism is a huge part of making me, it it, it helps curve my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I've been doing, and I think I mentioned this last week is this Oprah and Deepak, um, 21 day meditation about hope and it has been wonderful so I do that every morning and that's that's before I even do a meeting or even before I even get out of bed and it definitely gives me a new because it's all about hope and it's been wonderful I have to say I love it it's really good I'll put a I'll put a link on um the website because it doesn't look like it's going to expire like their other ones they're like the other ones if you don't do them in a certain day they kind of disappear but this one, I think, may be around for a while. So I'll put that link on the web, on um, Busy Living Silver website under the podcast. It'll be underneath that form. But how about painting? Have you been painting? Well, um, I did say that I was going to try to get a painting up um, after that we could post. But I, um, no, yesterday I started and I did a, um, a pasture with 
sheet, but it's it's only half done, and um, and then all of a sudden the whole thing with the dog happened yesterday. So, but I did actually sit down. I got out the paints and I painted. So I'm getting there. I'm 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 getting closer. But I did half of it, and you know, it was it was it was nice. It was fun. It was doesn't relaxing. It, doesn't, the t- doesn't the time just fly by? Well, it is flying by. Um, you know, and I think one of the most important things for people like us is to, whether it's a, a different routine, just get into a routine to just have that, like you said, you get up and you have the the Zoom meeting and you have the 20 minutes of meditation and just know what, you know, no matter what it is, getting it, getting yourself into some type of structure so that, you know, I'm trying to get the kids to go to sleep at the same time at night, you know, or, or about 10 o'clock at the latest, because I, I want them to keep the schedule. I want them to, you know, I just don't want it to get out of control where they're up until midnight and they're sleeping until 10 or 11. And, you know, it's just, I think it's, I think it's just better maybe just for my personality and, and my history and my alcoholism that I, that I, I um, kind of keep a, a, some type of structure in my days. And I, I do still have work, but you know that's going to that's going to go away as well. I mean, if we're if we're going to continue to head the direction we're heading right now, where things aren't getting better just yet, um, you know, our jobs are going to start to taper off, and I might find myself, you know, not having the the work. So it's it's you know, I think part of the anxiety for a lot of people that I've even talked to is just the unknown. It's just not knowing. I mean, people are stressed out about their jobs and, you know, fortunately I don't have to worry about my job because, you know, it's a family business, but, you know, I often think about and empathize with people that do worry about that, worry about their family, you know, somebody that's the, you know, sole provider for their family. And and what does this mean? There's layoffs every day, there's furloughs and it's just, it's, it's scary. It is. It's scary. And there's this thing that we have. If you do do the 12 steps, you know, and it's interesting because it so correlates with what goes on in our program. So being powerless. So when we came in, like I knew that I was powerless over alcohol, right? And I want us to talk about this for a little bit because it might help some people. So when we're powerless over, when we come in and we realize, oh my God, okay, what does it mean to be, I'm powerless over alcohol. And when they talked about that and, and it took me a little bit. I didn't get it right away, but meaning I, once I picked up a drink and it touched my lips, I had no idea what's going to happen. Right. Like I'm powerless over it. Like it didn't, it, it, I mean, maybe I'd have 47, maybe I'd have 50, maybe I'd have three, maybe, but whatever it was, I had no control once I was powerless over it. It was literally, I remember still to this day standing in a bar that's no longer this bar. It's changed names like 15 times. It's in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And um, going in there and saying, I'm going to have one dirty martini. Swearing to you, I'm only going to have one dirty martini. I'm just going to have one. And leaving at probably 2 o'clock in the morning, whenever the last call for alcohol was, and getting home and going like, I swear to you, I was only going to have one. And once I realized that I was powerless over alcohol, then... The longer I've stayed sober, the more I realized I'm powerless over everything. I'm power when I was standing in a parking lot on my honeymoon in Hawaii, and we got a thing over the phone that was a text that was like, a, 
it was like one of those, those Amber Alert things, and it said, there's a ballistic missile coming to you right now. And JF and I looked at each other, and we're like, what? And I t- we went to talk to the police, and they're like, well, I, I, it's coming. And then you look at the Hawaiians, and like, well, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And they're like, well, I don't know, Mom. Look at the look at the mountains. It's a beautiful day. And you're like, okay, that's <laughs> what we're going to do. And none of us know. The one thing I think is like a, as much as it's, not great and it doesn't but we're all going through this together it's like not just americans it's all over the world yeah it's true i mean it is it is all over the world and we're and and you you forget that your town's not the only empty town i mean for you know if you took a drive right now uh, you know every town looks the same it's just there's nobody there's nobody out um, other than the grocery store and CVS or, you know, drugstore, it's, um, it just feels so strange. I had a friend who is so sadly this week, her mother passed away quickly in London in, in, in England and she couldn't get there. Right. Luckily for her, she does have a British passport so she could fly, but she just flew there yesterday and she has been in touch the whole way, and there was no one on her plane. And then she landed at Heathrow, and no one was in Heathrow. And then she got on the train to go south to where, you know, to Paddington Station, crazy like Paddington Bear. But she got, and there's nobody on the train. So it's like in London, you know, it's in England, too. And then I have friends that are in Paris, and they say the same thing. I mean, Italy, God forbid. I mean, now they've got animals in their canals that they, I mean, all these so these things that haven't been there for so long, like there's dolphins, and I'm sure they've been there this whole time, but you couldn't see them because there's so much human. So it's kind of interesting because there is a there is a silver lining to it if you do look, you know. Yeah, I saw one of the you know there's coming thousands of things circulating about you know some funny, some some serious about the the virus, and um, there was one that said. I don't know if it even came from you or your Instagram, but it says it was, um, it, this was mother nature's, um, way of putting us in timeout to see what we've done. I am completely paraphrasing it, but it said, you know, to see what, to see what we've done to the world. And, and there's been a lot of diff- different references, different ways about, seeing now what it looks I mean I could tell it just seems it seems clearer outside and it seems there is trash on the in the streets and you know it's like it is if you really look around if you're really conscious of it it does look different it looks pretty I see the birds and getting back to so where our brains go to this place of oh my god I don't know what's going to happen we can always look back and say all right well I've been okay till now right and if we're all in this together, at least I'm not the only one being furlonged. I mean, people are being furlonged all over the world, all over the world. And I'm not yeah. alone. And someone's going to, it's all going to be okay because it has to be because we're going to come together as a community, as a society yeah. for the better. Yeah, I mean, you can see it. It's it's happening. Um, it's, it, it just, it's, it's just scary. And I, you know, I, I, I know what you're saying and the whole going back to when you were talking about being powerless, you know, I, and just in referencing what, you know, Hawaii and just, it's not just 
I think that's what happened to me. Once I got past the anxiety and everything that, that I had, because I had anxiety and depression with my alcoholism. So those three, the combination of the three is just, it's just horrible. And, um, but one thing that I noticed when I finally, and it was only because I surrendered and I admitted that I was powerless. The first time I didn't admit it, I, I knew I was. I, I would say it, but I didn't feel it because I still thought there was some way I could figure it out and, and still be able to drink. But when I finally, when I finally admitted and, and wrapped my head around the idea that I truly was powerless, it really opened up the doors to just being powerless over really everything. I mean, I, I've told you before how much I, I, I could not fly without being completely drunk and on like Xanax, anything I could take. I mean, I'd take a stranger's drugs. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> like it did not matter to me. I, as the closest I could get to being knocked out on the plane, it, it, it didn't, it didn't matter what I, what I ingested. It just didn't. And, and now I get on the plane and, and I don't have those, that anxiety at all. Um, it, it's all been lifted. And I think it's just, it's just knowing that you are I mean, that you are powerless. We're powerless over where this whole coronavirus thing is going to go. We don't we don't have any idea, and we and we have hope, and we have each other, and but that's all we have. And mm. you know, it's just and it's hard. I was talking to um, texting a friend of mine who pretty new in sobriety and, and she said her, you know, she refers to her friends from rehab as her tribe. And, um, she said everyone in her tribe went back out just recently. Oh and they all were, God. I know. And they were all, and I don't know how many women there were. I don't know. I just, I, I just assume it might be a handful or a little more than that, but, um, yeah, they all were, I'm going to say, I really feel like it was, it was January or something. It was it was only a couple of months um, that you know when they were in rehab and and because of this, because of this isolation and and anxiety and depression and loneliness, all those things combined, these people you know have gone back. And I said it last time. A friend of mine, a friend of mine said he drank. Couple of weeks ago, um, and said he could, you know, control it. Which, you know, I'm not judging. I don't know if he can or cannot, but I know, I know what it was like for me. I'll just speak for myself. It wasn't really a matter of like, well, I did it. You know, I'm just, I'm done, and just going back to being, to being sober. It just, it didn't work that way for me at all, um, and and it might work for other people, but I just, it's such a struggle, and it, it's. You know, I often have dreams that, and it's really not about the, it's not about the alcohol or drinking alcohol, but I have had many more dreams about alcohol um, than I've ever had. But one of the things that I remember the most about the dream with the alcohol is that feeling of, above anything else, is the feeling of starting over. And that, and, and I know, and I, and I always tell people if they, you know, if they do start, you know, you just start the clock again and, and just keep going. But it's that feeling of you're so upset with yourself and you're so ashamed 
I know I was, and it took me a long time to get back on track because I just was so stuck. You know, I mean, I, 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 I didn't want to interrupt, but I wanted to say, so say that I call you and I'm one of those people like your friend that called, what words of advice do you give to them so that they can just get one more day? And I do know the fear and you are not the only person. I have another, um, I have a friend slash sponsee, uh, whatever you want to call them. And she has been having, she had two drunk dreams in a row. And she literally celebrated because now she's had two days that she hasn't had one. And she's like, thank you, God. And she even said to her kids, I just had a drunk dream. And her kids were, are young, you know, like yours. And they were like, what, mom, what? I, you can't, why can't do that? And, um, she's like, don't worry, it was just a dream. But, you know, you think about it. And what, you know, I, for one, used to use play the tape. You know, like, oh, my God, I, if I have one, if I go back to my life that I was, it was awful. Drinking was like all these problems. You'd wake up tomorrow and they'd still be here, right? I mean, mm. what do you say? Well, I mean, I just know for myself. Uh, I know what what happened. I know what happened. I I didn't. I was not worried about the consequences. I wasn't. I mean, to me, I just thought I could drink again. That the whole thing was just this farce, and you know, people mislabeled me, and I could do it. I mean, I just could do it. Things were situational. Those things were starting to go away. Things that were stressing me out. Once they go away, then I'm good. And um, and it's just I'm not happy. the case. And that I I just I went right back to where I was, but worse. And that's you know, and they say that, and we all you know we hear it, we know it, and but we have you know sometimes people just have to go there to understand the the reality of it and that was for me i mean you've never you've never relapsed um a lot of people i know haven't ever relapsed but watching you and seeing you when you came in and Mm -hmm. realizing what it did to you and realizing that i've never seen anybody that's like oh you know what i got sober and my life was really great and then i decided to pick up a drink and they never come back and say oh my God, let me tell you, I won the lottery. I've got the hottest partner. I'm making more money than ever. My life is beyond my wildest dreams. I've got this great life. You never hear that. Every person says it got worse. I mean, I know for a fact that you were literally on death's door. I mean, you were not, there was not, you weren't going to be, you might not have even been alive today. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm the first one to admit that. I know how bad it was. It it was horrible, um, you know, to get to that point where you kind of cross over that line and all of a sudden the 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 malnourishment and the just you know the the, the way your body just transforms. Just it's it's horrible, horrible. I mean, it was like you were killing yourself from the out. I mean, for, with this crazy with this alcohol, right? And it wasn't mm-hmm. fun. No. No, never. It was never. never fun. The only thing that alcohol did for me was allow me not to feel the feelings for temporarily. That's all it did for me. Because the next day, would you wake up with that same anxiety and depression that you had the night before? Yeah. And I mean, and keep in mind, like I, you know, I know some people say that they 
you know, they loosened up when they drank. They were able to be more social. That wasn't an issue for me. I I was very social sober uh, or just, you know, when I wasn't drinking, when I was actively drinking, but when, you know, at work and every, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem. I didn't drink to, so that I could open up or be myself or, you know, have a conversation at a, at a dinner party. I mean, that's not why I drank. I drank to forget everything that, that was in front of me. And, you know, it just, I didn't care. I, the, the truth was I didn't care. I knew that, I knew that everything that I was trying to wash away was not going to wash away. I knew that, that, that was, that was enough for discussion, but it didn't matter because what mattered was those couple of hours that I could just escape and be in my own little world, destroying everything around me and disappointing so many people. And that's the guess the selfish act that you, you know, it didn't matter. I wanted that all to go away. And it's kind of like the same thing that people are feeling right now. They want this all to go away. And I want, and I know everybody wants this coronavirus to go away. Everybody wants it to go away. I mean, the president wants it to go away. Everybody in the, I mean, world leaders all around the world want it to go away. I know that the families that are dealing with their loved ones that are dealing with this, I can't even imagine. And our thoughts and prayers go out to anyone that has family that is going through this. We send our love and our prayers to you because this is just, this is just, I, the thought that this is in our society and how it got here. And I, I don't want to get into that on our podcast today, but it's kind of sickening and scary all within itself. But you know, it's, uh, it, we just have to get together and we have to know that there is a solution and that solution is, is love and that solution is hope and that solution of the uh, solution is gratitude. You know, from this, this doing this meditation in the mornings, which has helped me with my sanity for sure is I wake up in the morning and I also send a gratitude list and I have about five people that are on the gratitude list and we all send gratitude back and forth to each other. So I start my day with that. And then before I go to bed, I mean, last night I turned off my lights and I was literally about to go to sleep and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I forgot to do my gratitude. So I write five things I'm grateful for before I go to sleep that happened during that day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to have be, you know, right now, I'm grateful that I have my little puppy sitting up here on my bed with me while I'm doing my podcast with you. I'm grateful that I, um, I have everybody in my house today is healthy. I'm, you know, I just, and that can just be like the basics. Like it just, if, if I have an attitude of gratitude, then I don't have to live in the sphere. It's kind of weird. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can remember when I first got sober and you were very emphatic about me having the gratitude list. And you would, I mean, I can remember when you told me like 15 at one point I had to come up with, I'm like, oh my God. But when you start writing them down, you realize you have a whole lot to be grateful for. Um, you know, initially well, it sounds like a lot. I think I'm going to have to put you on this gratitude list. I'm going to add you to it for tomorrow morning because it might help you. What do you think? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'll do that. that I'll add you to the group. Yeah, because it's um, it's really just um, it's a way for us to get out of ourselves. We get to hear how other people are grateful. I have to tell you this funny story before 
Oh my gosh, we're over our time, but I'm going to tell the funny story anyway. I'm going to tell this story really quickly. So I have a friend who loves the sunrise more than anything in the whole world. She loves it. She loves it. She loves it. Well, now you can't go to the beach to watch the sunrise, right? The police will be all over you. You're not allowed to be out, right? So she found on YouTube, one of the beaches around here, there's a live cam that shows the sunrise. Well, there's this fisherman, and this friend of mine is single, right? So she's single, and she sees this fisherman. So she watches this. So now in the morning, she gets up, and she watches this video. And she's like, I really wonder who that person, who that guy is. So I named him. I'm like, oh, it's Dave. We don't know what the guy's name is. <laughs> so I'm like, that's Dave. She's like, I wonder if he's single. I wonder if Dave's single, the fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> and she's making this whole story up, and it is just like we oh, just have strange. to have fun. Yeah. We just have to love and we just have to laugh and we just have to know that we're there for each other. And that if you're not feeling great today, I am, and I'll pick you up and I'll help you feel better today. And that's what we can do for each other. That's what busy living sober is all about. Right? Absolutely. And there are some funny, I have to say there are some funny things going around <laughs> on the woman vacuuming her roof and, you know. <laughs> and then the one rolling out her stomach with the flower. <laughs> oh, I just think it's so <laughs> You got to laugh. <laughs> oh, I have a friend today I hadn't talked to in like a year today. I talked to her and we caught up and she said, I hope somebody's keeping all these memes together and then writing a book because it would be a really funny book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are funny. Well, good luck tomorrow with your puppy, well, and congratulations you. on the new baby, Boris. We can't wait to see pictures. And um, until we, you know, I want oh, I have to do one more plug. Before we hang up, I have to tell everybody, I am doing, starting to do interviews again. I've got all these people that have reached out to me for a long time and wanted me to interview them and put them on the show. So they will be on on Thursdays. Thursdays we will be on on Tuesdays and Thursdays going forward. And so this week I've got this guy who's got, I think, a pretty interesting story coming up for this Thursday. Okay. And um, so listen in and we'll, we'll talk to you this week if you're free. If not, we'll talk to you in the next couple of weeks. Okay. And I love having you back. And I'm really excited for you and the family and getting a new baby. Thanks. When you put the podcast up, you can put the picture of Boris. That's the one I sent okay. you. Okay, perfect. That's okay. what I'll do. Okay. Until next week, everybody, okay. keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.